This is Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Follow on Twitter. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Spreading like fist. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to a, another edition of Marking Out Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. This is episode 493, and we thank you for listening to this online listening experience in podcast form. Several ways you can get in touch with us social media-wise, Facebook.com slash Marking Out, Twitter.com slash Marking Out, YouTube, and Instagram.com slash Marking Out 11. Make sure you check out our very important PSA that we released this week, uh, and if you're one of the three people that <laughs> gave us a thumbs down. Screw you. I, I really do think it might be Ted Cruz. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine. Like, it coincidentally, I tweeted to him, and then it gets a dislike, and then I find out the hour later he's with some guy playing wrestling video games where he plays as Starman who wears a mask? Come on. So what, Starman, what is he playing? The Whatever wrestling game Starman was in. That's on, that game is actually on the Switch, on the NES. Uh, yeah, it was just NES that they were playing. Yeah, well, they have the NES Classic built into like the Super the Nintendo Online for the Switch. It's great. Uh, I still haven't played Tech Mobile in a while. So, anyway... Um, regardless, that's one, and we have that on a shirt at prowrestlingtees.com slash out. so go scoop those up. Email us, out one at gmail.com. My name is Chris. You can follow me on Twitter at ChrisSweenDog, and as you heard, Brandon, our social influencer, is here, and you can follow him at BTTG161 on both Instagram and Twitter. Brandon, How's it going? How are you doing? I'm doing awesome as always. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Anything fun and exciting to happen this week? Not much. I uh, decided to make, normally when I make like the pizzas that I make, it's like the sauce, cheese, maybe some onions, some peppers. Yep, yep, that, those are things that go on a pizza. This week I decided to try something different and I did just caramelized onions and cheese. So that's more, I would say that's more of like a flatbread. Well, I don't know. I I mean, it turned kind of like a, I mean, I looked it up and there are pizzas that just have the caramelized onions and cheese on it. So, and it was pretty good. Um, I would, I would make it again, but I just, would you ever consider putting a pizza on the grill? I did that. Yeah. I did that last week. Oh, really? Yeah. Did you take a picture of it and put it on your Instagram at BTTG161? Yes, it's on there. You might have even liked it. <laughs> I, I, I think last week after our show, I just went and had liked like 50 of your pictures. <laughs> yeah, I got a lot of notifications. <laughs> but uh, 1985 uh, Paul E. Dangerously phone. Yeah. No, I can't even do Instagram on my phone. And Verizon has the nerve to tell me that my phone might be getting phased out. She didn't seem too certain, but I was talking to her about like the because we want we want like a Wi-Fi boost for our house because it's like the service is terrible, and uh, like the the service around your house is terrible. No, just like inside my house, it's like really bad service reception wise. And, and you, oh okay, and you have, and, do you have FiOS in the house or no? No, no. Okay. But I I have Verizon for my for for our cell service, so we called them up and they sent over a boost, but it only it works off of Wi-Fi. So I don't get that boost. Ah, uh, that's that's depressing. So she said that by the end of this year, my smartphone, uh, my basic phone probably might not 
probably won't work anymore with Verizon. Uh-oh. But she didn't seem too certain, but if that's the case, uh, I, I mean, guess... they have those new Kyoceras. What, is that like a basic phone or... Yes. Yeah, I'm not... No, because the new basic phones that they, they offer are like 400 bucks, and the camera quality is worse than mine, which I don't understand how that's even possible. Like, how do they downgrade over the years? I don't know. It just doesn't make sense. But outside of that, I uh, and outside of the PSA that everybody should check out, as you said, on YouTube.com slash Market 11. Yep, because we're spamming it all over the place, folks. Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. Why not? Um, I bought some new T-shirts, which I have not done in ages. Wow, what kind of shirts did you get? Uh, from WWE Shop, I got the NXT TakeOver uh, Sasha Banks and Bailey T-shirt. I okay. got Rey Mysterio's latest one. I wanted his other mask one, but that I, like came and went. Like I waited too long, I guess. And then I got You're waiting for the sale gimmick, huh? Not even. I was just like I just hadn't bought shirts in months. But uh, then I bought Kane Velasquez's shirt, and uh, what was the, the last shirt that I bought? Um, oh, Umberto Carrillo, the nice. Dale Gas one. All right, cool. Yeah, but that's that's basically it. Yeah, you have no concerts to go to, no Disney World to go to. Yeah, it's it, and then like it's weird watching videos of like Disney reopening. Yeah, and how different it is. Yeah, and there's like there was what, is, what was it? What was the wait the other day on Flight of Passage? Five minutes. Rachel's behind me. That's insane. Um, yeah, and we we both follow a. Uh, planner a disney planner on instagram and she's there now and she's like what's that you want to talk about (laughs) why (laughs) she's behind so my wife has been so disney obsessed that she's building a picture frame that's going to resemble i'll send it to you when we're done uh, cinderella's castle so it's like all picture frames and then she got like those um sticker gimmicks that you put on the wall so it's like the top of the castle on the bottom there's like silhouettes of mickey mouse and walt disney is it pink no it's black oh Oh, it's oh. just like the outline. Yeah, I'll send it to you when uh, I'll send it to you when we're done, when she's done with it. By so she'll probably be done with it by the time this podcast is over. You could post it on our Instagram. <laughs> I, listen, people like the Disney stuff. Yeah, they do. Here. That's a, that's a hot like. That, yeah, that's a hot like is the Disney stuff. So, all right, continue on. What else, Brandon? No, it's just that's like it's crazy to see all that stuff, and now uh, Spaceship Earth isn't closing anymore because I guess. They're they're focusing their efforts elsewhere for now. Yeah, like that Ratatouille ride that's supposed to come out. Well, that that was supposed to be like open already. Yeah, so, yeah, they'll still have it done by next year. I, I assume it's already done. I don't know. They're probably waiting for like a, a bigger crowd to relaunch it or Did not relaunch. Did you watch it, that launch. series on Disney Plus, The Imagineers? Yeah, but they keep How- coming out with uh, with shorts. Imagineer shorts. Yeah. Really? I didn't know this. Yeah, there's like more and more get updated as as it goes on. Cool. But yeah, that was a really good series. I know oh, they I, have my a, mind was like blown by some of the stuff. They have a documentary coming out with Howard Ashman, which is cool, which is like okay. our generation of like uh Beauty of the Beast, Little Mermaid, uh Aladdin, all the songs, yeah. him and Alan Menken, Lion King. Sick. I believe. Maybe. Mad, Mad, Maybe my daughter Maddie was walking around the house and they going, Casavanga! Like from Lion King, but I know it's not. That's not the word. She's Nons, Nons, Nonsengonya. Okay. 
Give her a break. Our Lion King or something like that. <laughs> it's Swahili. Oh, no. Rats. I thought she did. All right. she, she's, I got her those like 3M hang-up gimmicks that just sticks up the walls, and apparently she's not going to. So why don't you cut the corner ones so that way you have more? So that doubles the corner ones. It's turned into a Nick Offerman podcast. Yeah, right? So, but yeah. So one fun, fun, exciting week. Um, me, it has been uh, a lot of filming. Filming some fitness stuff. Um, I filmed lacrosse. Lax, uh, bro. Lax, bro. I filmed lacrosse on Tuesday. For the the official sport year. of Long Island. It, it it really is the official sport of Long Island. It has to and be. Pro- like if you if you were a child and you didn't play lacrosse, you, like you just didn't grow up here. If you didn't come out of the womb and the doctor handed you a, uh, a an STX uh, lacrosse stick. Not that I played like on a team or anything, but I I had. Well, no, I didn't have my own lacrosse stick, but I, my brother played on a team and I used his to like toss the ball around or whatever. And I remember going into the lacrosse store. I got a, a Nassau Lions hat. <laughs> it was like my that was like my go to hat when I was a kid. I had the the Lions. Who who knew but, I'd grow up to go there? Huh? Yeah, right. <laughs> but it was it was you know it was interesting they, because a lot of these kids that play lacrosse, you know, they didn't get their spring the spring season so you know they're doing up a, a bunch of like pop-up leagues i think and like a lot of the travel leagues are doing like you now intramural games and stuff like that so filmed a really quick game the other night um and that was that we're gonna get a heat wave this weekend oh so it'll be good for me to sit inside saturday night and watch impact wrestling's slam anniversary. saturday's a big day a huge day. What's that? Hold on, Rachel's talking about something. What? There's four in here, not eight. That's so. That's a bad. Is that okay, a so rant of the week. No, <laughs> no yeah, here we go. Rant of the week right here. This thing says there's four sets per pack, and they want you want you to put four things around it, and there's only two in here. So it's a bunch of garbage. Anyway, Saturday. Impact Wrestling presents Samiversary, and Saturday is a big day in the world of professional wrestling because there's about 20-something professional wrestlers who have been sitting under 90-day no-compete clauses because they were released in WWE on April 15th due to the cuts because of COVID-19, and on Saturday, they are free to do what they want. So there's a lot of hype going around impact wrestling because they're kind of they want to see who's going to show up you know impact wrestling has touted that super eric is coming back i mean it pretty much confirmed that he's coming back which is going to be a lot of fun that was like not like where did they show that they showed that that was the last thing they showed i believe it was last week on impact so they closed the show out with that teaser hmm um, there's there's rumors of a Aces and Eights reunion. Um, there's talks about Heath Slater maybe teaming up with Rhino again in Impact Wrestling. There's talks of Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows coming around, even though... Uh, what? I was going to say, Anderson was never in Impact, though, right? He was with GFW, and I believe... Oh, Impact- okay. Yeah. So that's the footage that they keep using, then. Yeah, the same with Hawkins, too. Brian Myers. No, well, Hawkins was, was in Impact. Yeah, he was, he was, a, tag, the, he was yeah. a TNA Tag Team Champion. Yeah. So 
a lot of people will be watching this. I know at midnight on Saturday, Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows and their Talking Shop podcast are releasing uh, Countdown to F-Town, which is, uh, you know, I, I guess it's their shoot. They're going to talk about everything that went on in their WWE run, which is going to be awesome. And then on August 1st, you're going to have Talking Shop Mania, which was allegedly, I mean, which was, to- was just filmed in Luke Gallows' backyard. With Enzo Amore? Enzo Amore, I and think. And Rock and Roll Express? And Rock Hornswoggle? And Roll Hornswoggle, Brian Myers was there. I want to uh, know. I mean, Tommy it's... Dreamer. I feel it's kind of related to this, but not at all related to this. Where? When are we getting Southpaw? Are we getting Southpaw? I know. Interesting. Will we see Chad Too Bad and Tex Ferguson in WWE <laughs> once more? I don't know what's going on. That teaser, like just said, coming summer. I don't know if that's like a legit teaser or not. Or Not too sure. But solid card going on here. The Rascals, it was announced today, will be making an open challenge to any tag team. That's, could it be that's like the Heath Slater and Rhino sort of uh, teaser. No? It could be that. It could be Gallus and Anderson. Um, for the unsanctioned TNA World Heavyweight Championship, it's going to be the Moose defending against Tommy Dreamer in an old-school rules match. Uh, you have the North, who have been the uh, Impact Tag Team Champions for over a year, facing off against the interesting team of Ken Shamrock and Sammy Callahan. How did, uh, how did that... Um, the, oh, it's for the... Wait, I'm... What? Oh, right, okay. The unsanctioned TNA World Heavyweight Championship is different than the Impact World Championship. Yeah, apparently Moose claimed right. himself. Moose, yes. It was supposed right. to be at that TNA old school event. Right, okay. But that didn't happen, so he's just like, hey, guess what? I'm TNA World Heavyweight Champion now. Uh, there's going to be a gauntlet for the gold match to determine the number one contender for the Impact Knockout Championship, as it'll be Alicia Edwards, Havoc, Kira Hogan, Kimberly, Kylie Ray, Nevaeh, Madison Rain, Rosemary, Susie, Tasha Steele, and Taya Valkyrie will all be going for the number one contendership for whoever wins the match between Jordan Grace and Deanna Perrazzo for the Impact Knockout Championship. That's going to be a barn burner of a match. I I would like to see Kylie Ray win that. I think everybody would. And a a lot of people have talked very highly of her. Uh, Willie Mack will be defending his X Division Championship against Chris Bay. And for the vacant... Impact World Championship. It'll be Ace Austin versus Eddie Edwards versus Trey versus a unnamed opponent. A mystery person, you're saying. Could you think maybe it could be a Chris Hero? I would like to say, I was thinking about that. I'm like, who would I want to see in that role? I'd love to see a Chris Hero. I would love to see a Brian Myers. Um, I would love to see a Matt Cardona. But I was even thinking about it today. For selfish reasons, I want to see him go on the indie. I want to see like, like a couple of these guys, especially him, because he's never had an indie run, go on the indies. Face I, my dream matchup with this would I would love to see Danhausen versus Matt Cardona. I think it would be a fun match. Both guys can go. Um, both guys are very entertaining. And recently, you have seen online the praise that Danhausen has given him. So. You know, kind of a dream, maybe a dream matchup for Danhausen there as well. Very nice. Where, where we don't know where this is filming or what. I think it's in Nashville. I'm not too sure. So um, I'm trying to look right here. Yeah, I yeah it it's uh, Skyway Studios in oh. Nashville, Tennessee. 
Huh. So, yeah, There's I don't something know. Something really awesome to keep your eyes out for on Saturday night. Do we think whoever the TBA is going to be the new champion, or is it? I, I probably... think so. Hmm. I think so. I think that TBA, is, that's going to be it. See Chris, Chris here knockout dudes. But anyway, that's going to be Impact's anniversary. I know I want to talk about it next week. I will find a way to, to watch it. Fight TV or whatever it is. Regardless, that's one pro wrestling tease. Two, actually, right? I don't know. Uh, yeah. Regar- regardless, that's now three. ProWrestlingTees.com slash Mark. Now, let's hop on a plane, even though I don't want to hop on a plane. Let's fly over to Japan where they're doing things right. They're wearing our ma- they're wearing their masks. You can go to Marking Out 11 on YouTube and watch our PSA about wearing a mask. And let's go to the Osaka Joe Hall because last week New Japan had an event, Dominion. They had people in the stands, an attendance of 4,000 people, socially distant, wearing their masks as they should. And the big takeaway from here is that we have a new IWGP heavyweight champion and intercontinental champion, and it's one man, and he is evil. Evil defeated, Na- evil defeated Naito in a almost 40-minute match, but the bigger story was afterwards. We have a new member of the Bull Club, and that is evil as well. And, so, I mean, technically Dick Togo. Yeah, him too. Which, just like, it, it, that was a name. I know at what whatever time this event was on, Dick Togo started to trend on Twitter. And everyone's like, who's Dick Togo? And it's like, what do you mean, who's Dick Togo? I know. So it's cool to see him again. But do you think this could be the start to the reclam is that a word reclamation of excellence and back to the higher power that is the bullet club i think this is the first step it's possible i I don't know does that make like because he's the champion does that make evil the leader i don't know that's a great question which by the way i gotta say i had no idea a few weeks ago or or a few months ago came out that Kyrie sane was married and yeah. married to evil? Not the case. She's married to somebody not even in the wrestling business. He's dating Io Shirai. Had no idea. I had no what? idea. That was just like it blew my mind when I saw that the other day. Like oh, how man. did a, how did a rumor come out like that? That was so weird. I I'm I'm not too sure. I don't follow the uh, the sheets that much, brother. Anyway, let's get back on the plane. Let's fly back over to the United States where half these people aren't wearing their masks. Let's fly down to Jacksonville, Florida. Let's get into Daly's place, and let's go to fight for the fallen. AEW Dynamite, the reason why I'm here, the hashtag best part of marking out. And you started off with the TNT Championship as Cody successfully defends his TNT Championship against the Concrete Bros' Sunny Kiss. Um Props to Chuck Taylor for the great tweet, man. He, he wrote, man, he's <laughs> yeah. a sunny kiss just blew away our entrance from last week. And yet he had an outstanding entrance. Yeah, he had the Jacksonville Jaguars cheerleaders with him. And but they had a choreographed, uh, a choreographed entrance, so that was pretty cool. Yeah, uh, this match, very hard hitting. I, You know what I didn't get, though? Like, right off the bat, I didn't understand why Jim Ross said it should be an easy win for Cody, which then he follows that up with saying, I don't think it will be. That, like, I, guess, I didn't make, that didn't make sense to me. But um, a couple of spots in this match 
uh, you know, we spoke about it last week. Beautiful 450. Yeah. Play Sunny Kiss. We saw like, one of those again. It's like he stalls in midair. He does the full rotation. Then he just stalls and just lands. It's great. Um, you saw Sunny Kiss hit a crossroads yes, on Cody. Yes, yes. So that's, you know, kind of giving Sunny Kiss the rub, letting him use his finisher. But at the end of the day, it was Cody hitting the crossroads on Sunny Kiss to get the win. Landed so violently on his head. I think what I liked more was Cody busting out a vertebraker for the first yeah. time in like, when was the last time somebody did a vertebraker? I don't know, but it was it was it was a tough that was a tough thing to watch because it looked like he Sunny Kiss almost landed on his head. Yeah, but uh, I liked afterwards Cody showing his respect for Sunny Kiss, so that was pretty cool. Yeah, um, and then you, you had Tully Blanchard in the crowd observing this match as well as the next match, which was FTR picking up the victory over the Lucha Bros. Uh, Lucha Bros coming out in. FTR's truck with the butcher and the blade. Um, the stable. I want it to be a thing. Yeah, this was the match that I was most looking forward to, and I think it delivered. Uh, yeah, it was. Yes, uh, for the most part, yes. Like it yes. was nice to see, like the very beginning of the match, the referee counting the tag, but then after that, he pretty much stopped, or or she pretty much stopped. I forget who did it. Who was the ref? But, I forget who the ref is, so my apologies. But the end of the match I thought was really good. Um, Phoenix reversed the or did, did the reverse tiger faint kick into the 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 black mass. Yes. And then went for it again. Scott Dawson rips off his mask and rolls him up for the win. I thought that was pretty cool. By any means necessary. They're showing you you don't have to do all these flippy dippy things, and you could just pull off a mask and get a win. Uh, post-match, though, you see FTR finally get their keys back to their truck as Young Bucks come out and help FTR, and then Kenny Omega comes to the ring and offers a couple of beers. So Yeah, and then they dumped the beer over Kenny's head, and the Bucks had to hold him back. Yeah. Uh, so next up, the Le Champion, or you want to call him now the Demo God. <laughs> Chris Jericho, but listen again. What did I say? Chris Jericho is the biggest troll of all time, and he's he's uh, yeah using that to his advantage. Now he's got a new shirt that says Chris Jericho Demogod. Shopbw.com. Yeah. And yeah, this whole segment was basically Chris Jericho speaking about the ratings and the demographics, which I didn't care for. I thought that was stupid. Uh, but they move on to Orange Cassidy. And he basically says he refuses to have a rematch with him. And then they pour orange juice on the mat. Orange Cassidy shows up from the crowd and has orange juice dumped on the inner circle from the ceiling. I love that. And then Jericho tries to ta- towel dry himself off and it's an orange Cassidy towel. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was that was funny. But yeah, that just like that the whole um the demo king blah 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 or demo god. Well, I it looks like this is going to go to Another, and I know some people like weren't a fan of this, the the juicing or whatever you want to call it, kind of like a bloodbath, but it was an orange juice bath. I don't know why. And I liked uh, Sant Ortiz selling it hard and slipping all over the ring. <laughs> yeah, when as soon as the juice hit, he slipped hard, and I was like, oh damn, that was pretty cool. And then he kept doing it over and over again, which was like, eh, but but I yeah, when when he no when he did it the first time, I was like, hell yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, so that was a good bump. Yep. 
Uh, next up, the Elite, as expected, defeated uh, Jurassic Express in an awesome match. We got another super-duper Canadian Destroyer, this time off of Luchasaurus's back. That, I, like, it looks cool, takes way too long to set up. Yeah, I mean... Matt Jackson's on the top rope. You got them trying to set up Jungle Boy launching Marco Stunt into the ring off of Luchasaurus's shoulders to hit the Canadian Destroyer. That, to me, that's like... It just, like, it took too much time for the move to actually happen for me. There was no struggle whatsoever. Yeah. But Um, Jungle Boy put in some work into this match. All of them did. Marco Stump put some work in, too. But I think of all the people, Jungle Boy was shining the brightest here. I mean, all of them got, you know. Uh, Yeah, I mean, yeah, Marco Stun, I liked he hit that running uh, Dragon Karana off the apron. I thought that was cool. Yeah. I liked... uh, Chris Jericho was on commentary for this match. Jericho oh. cheering on Kenny Omega. Because <laughs> he hates Joe Jurassic Express so much. He goes, Kenny Omega just become my favorite wrestler. Well, yeah, because the right before this, they were interviewed and they were just laughing about the inner circle being doused in orange juice. But Kenny was kind of working like a heel here. Yeah, and it showed post-match too as he... After a successful win and a one-wing angel on Marco Stunt, he still beat him up. And the Bucks tried to pull him off. And so it's like, but then they show behind the scenes, you see his tag team partner hanging out with FTR. Yeah, Adam Page and FTR just kicking back, relaxing, drinking during this match. And it's very, that's, so... There has been, like, the biggest tease of a Four Horsemen-esque stable coming to AEW. You have Tully Blanchard watching Cody. You have Tully Blanchard watching FTR. So that's already three people. Obviously, Tully's associated with Sean Spears. That's four. And maybe Hangman Adam Page. Or maybe it's a double turn, and you have... Maybe it's... Um, what was maybe it's Kenny Omega actually? You thinking he's scouting? You think he's scouting Cody? You know, but it's actually they're trying to get Kenny Omega on the side. I think that'd be a huge mistake. But... Or it's or it's hang, hang, Hangman Adam Page. But no, I mean they could still have all five of them. That's that. I think that'd be fine. Yeah. Uh, it just um, I, it's like what do you call them? Everybody's gonna call them the Horsemen anyway, but. Yeah, that's just like not possible. But the elite horsemen <laughs> that, that I could see them doing. that. <laughs> but after this, Hikaru Shida was interviewed backstage and she brought up how four out of the five contenders for the AEW Women's Championship cannot compete. Uh, she was asked about Nyla Rose and Hikaru Shida said it shouldn't. She said something like it shouldn't have to be like a, a big challenge. Anybody it's like open to anybody. Anyone can challenge her. Just step up. So it should be interesting to see who actually steps up in the, in the coming weeks for the AEW women's championship. Next up, the nightmare sisters, Brandy Rhodes and Allie with Dustin Rhodes defeated MJ Jenkins and Mackenzie page squash match here. Yeah. It was maybe a minute and a half long. Not much happened. The only thing really worth noting. Oh, I was going to say the only thing worth noting is that MJ Jenkins was uh, one of those women released from NXT in, in April. Yeah, and now she's wrestling on AEW. So. Yeah, but after this, Nyla Rose introduces her manager, 
which was very expected. It's Vicky Guerrero. But it was almost ruined. I don't know if you noticed oh. this. They played, when they said Nyla Rose was coming out, they started playing Vicky Guerrero's music. Oh, And then I they didn't... cut it really quickly, and then they brought Nyla Rose's music. I, I didn't realize that until Vicky Guerrero came out to the ring. I didn't notice that, but Vicky Guerrero's theme is literally a remix of her yelling, excuse me. And I clubs. think, I've like, said that, but... dude, I, <laughs> I, I, if this was on iTunes, I think I would download it. Give it a couple days. I think I would 100% download that. But uh, the, it was just basically Vicky Guerrero putting the locker room on notice. So I don't know uh, what that necessarily means, especially because we just had that Hikaru Shida interview where she's yeah. saying anybody's welcome to challenge her. Now Vicky's just basically putting everybody, not even specifically Hikaru Shida. Yeah. But after this, we had John Moxley defeat Brian Cage to retain the AEW Championship. This match was supposed to take place two weeks ago, but due to COVID, it did not. Um, I wasn't a fan. I was a fan of the match. I thought it was very hard hitting. It's just um, like I, I, like I uh, said, uh, every... yeah, yeah, let me let me let me just say what I'm going to say, and then you can talk all you want. Um, I liked John Moxley wearing the Danny Havoc shirt. Yes. Which was a huge sign of respect. Um, I thought the match was hard-hitting, but the end fell short for me. I, like, I get it. He, he's trying to save, you know, he's trying to save his protege in Brian Cage. It was just dumb. What I think, well, you know, the bigger, the bigger picture out of this match, too, was afterwards, lights go out and Darby Allen shows up. As we talked about last week, hits it with the skateboard. Yeah, a diving Big skateboard of, from the top rope. What this is what I think should have been done. The, the match should have ended in a DQ. Yeah, uh, Brian Cage goes for the drill, drill claw, is about to pin a one two. Then the lights go out, and then he gets up, and then there's Darby Allen standing on the turnbuckle instead of that. It would have been cooler because you know there could have been some scuffle between Moxley and. Moxley and Darby Allen at the end of words. Brian Cage could have been all, you know, ticked off like he was. Um, the ending just fell a little short for me. Yeah, but like as far as the whole match goes, it's just like every other time we see a Moxley match. Like it always seems to be a, a normal match, but then Jim Ross has to yell, oh, it's the referee's discretion. And yeah. it turns into a match with no rules. And then Jim Ross goes on radio shows and trashes the roster for not following rules. Or fa- well, trashes the trashes the referees for not not af- enforcing rules. There was no tag ropes. Yeah, Jim Ross said they got rid of tag ropes because so, they didn't think it looked cool. But you're gonna have those old school wrestling historians that will love that. Like me, I what did I? I think I said that in FTR's first match was like they were using the tag ropes. It was you know. That was something that I found efficient. But Darby Allen's back. It looks like, you know, the FTW title that is not, you know, recognized in AEW um, will be on the line between Brian Cage and Darby Allen. And this will be fun because you know that Brian Cage will throw him all over the place. You know, um, yeah, I mean, that's it. You're gonna, you does, know, Brian Cage is going to throw him all over the place and Darby Allen's going to put put up a fight. Does Taz throwing in the towel make Brian Cage look weak? He's supposed to be I, a machine. Yeah, I mean, I, I I get it, I get the ending, but like it kind of it because it, it, Taz is keeping his investment healthy because Brian Cage would have never tapped out; he could have broke himself. Remember, Brian Cage did tear his bicep at the beginning of the year, 
and he had surgery and he had all that stuff. So maybe he's just trying to keep him healthy and not re-aggravate that injury. And also, um, what was I going to say? Completely forgot. I completely forgot what I was going to say. I was going to, we said Brian Cage tore his bicep. Doesn't make him look weak. Doesn't make him look weak. That he that has thrown a towel. I no, I completely forgot what I was gonna say. And that's the second time in <laughs> AEW someone's thrown in the oh, towel. Oh yes, thank you. Is that gonna be an AEW thing now? Thrown in the towel? Yeah. I don't know. Because thank thank goodness you said that. I literally yeah. I don't know how I forgot Let what I was gonna Barry say. Let me bury Horowitz myself here. So. Next week though, I'm uh, most looking forward to seeing Diamante versus Evil Lease. Yeah. Both of them were in the crowd. Diamante's been on uh, AEW Dark. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it should be cool to see Ivelisse wrestling again. Yeah, and uh, also next week we get uh, the Young Bucks versus the Butcher and the Blade. Couldn't care less. I no offense. want to see none <laughs> taken. I mean, it's not me, but I'm excited to see uh, Andy Williams get his hands on those Young Bucks. I still don't know who's Nick and Matt. How do you not know? Um, is that like a joke? Is that shoot work? No, I'm serious. What I do you mean? Matt's got the brown hair. Nick's got the dirty blonde. You'll tell me this, and then I'll forget it again next week. Matt, because Matt I just looks like Tony Clifton. Matt looks like Tony Clifton in pictures. Okay. Yep. That. I don't. I don't know. I don't, <laughs> don't. Don't know. Don't care. Anyway, uh, I'm gonna say goodbye for now. And thank you for being on, Chris. Before I move over to Monday night. Raw, I want to give like a little mark out moment of sorts because 30 Rock did a one-time special uh, last night, but it was basically just advertising the upcoming fall lineup and Peacock, Um, but Monday Night Raw, obviously, because they're part of the Universal, uh, NBC Universal family, they were included, but The Rock and The Miz were also included I guess because of Titan Games with The Rock, as well as Young Rock, which is airing this fall, which I'm pumped for, a scripted show about The Rock's childhood. Uh, And then The Miz, I guess, was included because of Cannonball. And I saw a lot of people complain about the 30 Rock special, but to me, it was billed as what it was. So I I enjoyed it. I thought it was great. But I'm going to move on to... Monday Night Nitro, which kicks off with Dolph Ziggler in the VIP lounge. Um, Typical, it should have been me speech with Ziggler, but it was a Drew should thank me instead. Um, Drew McIntyre came out and said, whatever happens to Dolph Ziggler at the pay-per-view, it's on him. He punches Dolph Ziggler, he leaves. I thought it was good. We're not going to find out what the stipulation for their match at Extreme Rules is probably until the bell rings. Uh, There were leaked images of a TLC match, but with Ziggler saying it's going to be something that never happened before, I'm going to assume that's not going to be a TLC match. Um, After this, though, we saw Charlie Caruso interview Angel Garza, Andrade, and Zelina Vega about them being uh, being a team and, like, being kind of shaky, I guess. But Vega basically said there's nothing wrong. And Viking Raiders threatened to run through them. Charlie was into Ivar, which I thought was funny. Normally it's Angel Garza that she's into. 
But that leads into the match. Andrade and Angel Garza pick up the victory over the Viking Raiders in an elimination tag match. Um, Amos gets the one up on the Viking Raiders by hitting the hammerlock DDT on Eric to eliminate him first. And then Amos later on ends up saving Angel Garza by being hit by Ivar. Uh, but it, it kind of seemed like they both could have just moved out of the way for that. But Ivar ends up eliminating Andrade. And uh, I, I still, I just, I don't buy Angel Garza being able to defeat Ivar. But it happened. I'm, I'm fine with that. Um, after this, we saw Ruby Riot being interviewed about the Iconics. And they show up. They spoke about beating Ruby Riot up. And how she has no friends. Ruby Riot brings in Bianca Belair. Who I definitely think it should have been Liv Morgan. But I I don't know what they're going to be doing with Liv Morgan. Ruby Riot and Bianca Belair defeat the Iconics. I like the match. And it only made sense for Bianca Belair to pick up the victory here. After Ruby Riot lost back-to-back weeks to the Iconics. Um... But I don't think this was a good way to have Bianca Belair return. It was just, it it was too random. And and I don't know, now what does that say for Ruby Riot that she can't defeat the Iconics, but she needs a partner and her partner's able to defeat the Iconics. So after this, R-Truth was backstage with uh, Cedric Alexander and Ricochet. And I thought it was a funny segment because he congratulates Ricochet for being the MVP of Raw. Uh, and then they remind him that it's he's not the MVP of Raw. He's going to be facing Lashley with MVP on Raw. And then he mistook being challenged by Ric Flair for... Uh, well, I mean him versus Flair. As simple as that can be put. And I thought that was funny as well. And then he runs into Akira Tozawa and asks for his help. And Tozawa says no. Tries to beat him for the title. And Truth made Akira Tozawa go to the ring for a match. But they go to the ring. The match didn't happen. R-Truth speaks about Akira Tozawa having ninjas. And how he doesn't have any backup. Shayna Baszler makes her return. Comes out. Helps R-Truth. Akira Tozawa... After she takes out all the ninjas, Akira Tozawa is just like, nah, I'm good. Pieces out. Baszler turns her attention to R-Truth. He leaves. And then she basically puts everyone on notice. And I don't know if everyone includes just the women. Or if she's going to be wrestling men now. And I would much rather see her facing men than women at this point because they're like there's so much going on in the women's division that she would just get like lost in it so I think having her actually face men I I'm all for that she can take the title from whoever she could take it from Apollo Crews I'd be fine with that backstage uh Seth Rollins met up with Buddy Murphy and asked what's troubling him And Murphy starts kind of questioning the eye for an eye match and whether or not he's actually going to try and blind Rey Mysterio at the pay-per-view. And Rollins just like doubles down and says, Rey Mysterio asked for this. 
And then he goes to the ring to speak about the match with Rey Mysterio. And he said it's going to be the end of him. It's going to be a new beginning for Monday Night Raw. Kevin Owens came out and spoke about how he didn't think Rey Mysterio would pick a stipulation like this when he proposed that the winner of their match last week would choose the stipulation of it. But uh, I I popped during the segment because Kevin Owens name dropped uh, PCO, Jean-Pierre Lafitte. Which, uh, and, and he breaks out an eye patch to give to Seth Rollins as a gift. And Seth Rollins called for Buddy Murphy. And then Aleister Black came down to brawl with Buddy Murphy, which leads into their match. Uh, Aleister Black picks up the victory over Buddy Murphy via disqualification because Seth Rollins pulled Aleister Black out when he was pinning Murphy. But Kevin Owens chased uh, Seth Rollins around the ring. Ray and Dominic came out, and uh, I was enjoying the match before Rollins got involved, but it led into Kevin Owens and, and his match, which Kevin Owens picks up the victory over Seth Rollins. Uh, Rollins completely surrounded. He had Aleister Black, Ray Mysterio, and Dominic were out there. Seth Rollins at one point gouged uh, Kevin Owens' eyes, and Aleister Black distracts the referee followed by Dominic, followed by Rey Mysterio, and then all three of them get up on the apron, and Kevin Owens hits the stunner on Seth Rollins to win. So I, I enjoy the uh, the inclusion of, of Kevin Owens. Uh, I don't know what will happen after Extreme Rules, though, if one of them are missing an eye, uh, that being Seth Rollins and Rey Mysterio. But afterwards, Rey Mysterio spoke to to Rollins and said that he's crossed every line there was to cross. And now it's his turn to do that. And Rey doubled down just like Seth Rollins did and said he's leaving. Seth Rollins is leaving Extreme Rules with one eye. So this is going to be one of the weirdest matches in WWE history. Um, But hey, man, I'm, I'm here for it. After this, we saw Big Show backstage with Ric Flair. Flair puts Big Show over as like the best big man ever in the business, which it's very hard to argue with that. But Ric Flair also told Big Show that he doesn't need to be there. He's like, just go get inducted to the Hall of Fame. Make sure you get inducted while you're healthy. Don't do it when you're injured. Because if, if this keeps up, Randy Orton is going to take you out. And Big Show questioned whether Ric Flair is willing to sacrifice his friendships so Orton can be the legend killer again. Which then leads into a legend killer video package, which was cool because uh, it's always... I mean, I, I was a big fan of the legend killer gimmick. And there's like so many good people that he quote-unquote killed during his first legend killer run uh but then orton heads to the ring and cuts a promo about uh how edge and christian and big show are all friends of his and rick flair's basically family and then he promised to add our truth to the list of people that like you're you're in my way we're friends but you're in my way right now Ric Flair came out 
and spoke to R-Truth, congratulates him on two decades in wrestling, and said that Randy Orton loves him, but he's not going to punt him. He'll hit you with the RKO and that'll be it. Which leads into the match, Randy Orton defeats R-Truth with the quick, not, not super quick, but, well no, it was super quick. It was a super quick RKO to win. But our truth at one point, like at the beginning of the match, faked as if like he had to talk to Ric Flair and then got some offense on uh, Orton. But uh, Orton teases the punt and Flair tries talking him out of it. Big Show comes out and Orton says, if you step any closer, he's going to get it. So Big Show doesn't step closer. And Orton proposes an unsanctioned match against Big Show next week. And Big Show accepts. So we're going to see some sort of Orton versus Big Show match on Monday Night Raw. Uh, and Big Show basically fighting for all his his friends in the business. After this, we saw MVP and Bobby Lashley backstage with Cedric and Ricochet, which transitions into MVP being interviewed, which then turns into Drew McIntyre being interviewed and attacked by Dolph Ziggler. So I don't know what sort of backstage, maybe it's not going to take place in the ring and it's not going to be a regular match, but it should be interesting. The match after this we saw was Bobby Lashley pick up the victory over Ricochet. Ricochet has lost to Bobby Lashley two weeks in a row now. I don't care about the matches. I just don't. I didn't care about it two weeks ago. Don't care about it one week ago. Don't care about it now. They've done nothing to rebuild Ricochet up. They just sort of like popped him back on television with Cedric. And Cedric runs in to make the save after Bobby Lashley wouldn't let go of the the master lock, I believe. And Lashley locks him in the master lock. I, I don't know why we should care about Ricochet and Cedric at all. But people who I do care about, Boston Hug... Bailey and Sasha Banks came out, re-aired their tribute video that they showed the other week. And then they went on to defeat the Kabuki Warriors to retain the uh, women's championships. The the tag team women champion the women's tag team championships. Uh but this was a, a really good match. I, I was I'm such a fan of all four of them. I'm a fan of I think the women are dominating this COVID era right now. And that's awesome. Like boss and hug Kabuki warriors, um, Alexa bliss and Nikki cross, the iconics. That's, that's really, uh, yeah, they're killing it. But, um, I, I think this, this was, yeah, this was the match I was most looking forward to. I loved when, when Sasha banks and Bailey tried, uh, to Irish whip Kyrie into the rope and she flips over. And hits the like the double Japanese arm drag, followed by the interceptor to both of them. I thought that was dope. And then when Asuka had the Asuka lock on Sasha Banks, I thought for sure that was going to be it. And then I thought for sure it was going to be over when Kyrie hit the insane elbow on Sasha Banks. But Sasha finally locks in the bank statement to get the victory. And something interesting, off-air, Sasha Banks and Bailey 
um, I guess kind of challenged Trish Stratus and Lita for a match at SummerSlam. And I don't know if that'll happen, but that should be interesting to note. And uh, and on the, the the Raw Talk program, Kyrie Sane challenged Asuka for a title shot, and Asuka said yes. So who knows if that'll happen, but that should be very interesting to see if we get that. But that was Monday Night Raw. Moving over to NXT, Keith Lee opened up the show to celebrate being the new NXT champion. He spoke about new challengers and new opportunity. Uh, I just, I'm not a fan of him on the mic. This was a, a long promo just to get Dominic Dijakovic out. And he said, he asked William Regal about getting him a title shot, pitched it for later on, and then that was set. I'm fine with that, but I just, I really think Keith Lee could use a manager of, of like, to somebody to talk for him. Because he talks too soft and too slow. For me, at least. But after this, we saw Damian Priest defeat Trevor Lee. Uh, wow, I mean, Cameron Grimes. <laughs> But uh, this was a good match. Um, Could have done without it. Now, uh, hopefully Grimes moves on to other things. I just, I'm not sure where because there's only three titles that he can win. He's not in a tag team. Uh, As for Damian Priest, he basically calls out the winner of Dijakovic and Keith Lee. After this, we saw Indy Hartwell defeat Shotzi Blackheart. This was her first victory on NXT television. Robert Stone limps out, which distracts the referee. Shotzi Blackheart hits like a a nice step up corner DDT. I don't know what to like call it, but she goes up to the top rope for her senton. Aaliyah pushes her off and Indy hits a big boot to win. So, Now it seems that Robert Stone might have signed Indy Hartwell as well. And it's, it's just, it's so weird that like the Robert Stone brand, I believe, I mean, I mean, no, not, but I believe it started out with Chelsea green. She's nowhere to be found now. Uh, It should have just been Chelsea green and Perrazzo from the start. And now Perrazzo's an impact. I don't know how, I don't know how WWE let that happen, but uh, I'm I'm excited to see Indy Hartwell more in the future. And uh, yeah, it's cool that she got her first win. Later on, though, they showed footage of Robert Stone talking to Killian Dane. And Aaliyah shows up to show a drawing that Dexter Loomis did. And Killian Dane said if Robert Stone wants to make what happened last week up to to Killian Dane, I, I believe he like got coffee spilled on him. Then he needs a match with Dexter Loomis next week. And that match is taking place next week. So I don't know if maybe we're going to see Killian Dane also in the Robert Stone brand. That should be interesting. Uh, after this, we saw a video package with El Legado del Fantasma just toasting their victory from last week uh, and the end of Drake Maverick. 
They also spoke about Brizongo making a, a fool of Lucha Libre and and um, said that they have to break things down to build them back up. I don't know what that necessarily means, but uh, I want more of this group on television. After this, we saw the NXT Championship and the North American Championship being defended as Keith Lee defeats Dominic Dijakovic to retain both championships. This was the part of the night. Well, actually, earlier when the the, the opening of this segment was the, the time when all the people were like, Oh, of course they would book a championship match to go against John Moxley and Brian Cage. And then this didn't even happen in the same slot, so it was like a, a bam roasted. But uh, I, I, I think I could have done without this match and I thought maybe with Keith Lee winning it could have been some sort of send-off to Dijakovic from NXT to Raw or SmackDown um but afterwards Dijakovic he was being interviewed and Karrion Cross cut it off and they brawled and that's a match next week so maybe that'll be the official send-off to Dijakovic I thought for sure Karrion Cross was going to interrupt this match, but that didn't happen. Keith Lee just won clean. Um, and it's not that it was a bad match. It's just, I I, I don't know. I, I feel like we've seen it enough times that I don't need to see that again. Um, but earlier in the night, we saw another Thatcher School featuring the Fujiwara armbar. Uh, he had a match against Denzel Dejeuner. Uh, and it was a rather, it was a quick match, but I liked it. I thought it was a good matchup with Thatcher and Dijonet, given his background as an amateur wrestler. Uh, after the match, he continued to attack Denzel, and Oni Lorkin ran out to make the save. So I'm all looking, I'm looking forward to seeing Oni Lorkin versus Timothy Thatcher again. Um, but again, it sucks because. Danny Birch, what is he just gets like set to the side again? Um, but the main event of the evening, we saw Io Shirai defeat Tegan Knox to retain the NXT Women's Championship. I'm happy that this match was as long as it was. It was maybe like 20, I don't know, maybe 24 minutes, perhaps, maybe a little less. Um, and I definitely want to see Tegan Knox be the women's champion, but I would have been disappointed if Io's reign was that short. But the match was great. I liked uh, Tegan at the end of the match. She goes for the shiniest wizard. Io hits that giant palm strike out of nowhere. Hits her moonsault and gets the victory. Io celebrates at the entrance ramp. And boom. Kick to the face. Dakota Kai. Uh, I was completely expecting that. Still uh, pop for it. And it's going to be taking place, uh, a match between them, I believe, for the championship will be taking place next week on NXT. So, that's something to look forward to in, hopefully, I guess, the main event slot, perhaps. Um, but yeah, that's NXT moving over to SmackDown. It opened up kind of weird to me, at least. Um, they had Matt Riddle, AJ Styles, Daniel Bryan talk about that match they had Alexa Bliss um talk about 
her mystery guests. They had Miz and Morrison and Braun Strowman talk about their match. Cesaro and Nakamura, and then finally New Day, all, uh, it was, I don't know, just all hyping up their segments, which I, I was like, I've never seen that for, for SmackDown or Raw or anything, but it led right into the first match. Cesaro picks up the victory over Big E, and it was a really good match. It showed off both of their strengths. Um, afterwards, or not even afterwards, Nakamura during the match hits Big E behind the ref's back and they won the right to pick the stipulation for their match at Extreme Rules. They go to grab a table. Kofi Kingston takes them out, goes to put Cesaro through the table. Nakamura saves him and they run off. I have no idea why a cage match was even in the picture here but they end up choosing a tables match. Like, they, from the start, last week, they set up a tables match. I don't know why a cage match was even, like, there. But, uh, I think a, a, a steel cage tables match could have been cool. Um, after that, we saw King Corbin interviewed by Kayla Braxton about Matt Riddle. And Corbin picked AJ Styles to win. Um, uh, but Kayla Braxton's been out with COVID, so it's nice to see her back. She's uh, been doing the bump, but it's been from home. So this was her first time back in a few weeks. Uh, after this, we saw a moment of bliss. Like I said before, there was supposed to be a huge mystery guest. Uh, and I didn't even think about it uh, like with all the hype leading to this segment. Apparently, a lot of people thought it was going to be somebody to announce Evolution 2. But, which also I thought for sure maybe Stephen McMahon was going to announce that on the bump. But that didn't happen. And Bailey and Sasha Banks came out. And Bailey basically says Nikki's going to fail at the pay-per-view on Sunday. Uh, and then getting to the mystery guest. With the way that Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross were announced, I swear to God, I would have I would have sworn that it was going to be Eva Marie. I know how random that is, <laughs> and Dave and I have been on such an Eva Marie push recently. But the way they it was just like, it reminded me of like the all beguiling, etc., etc. The the old entrance that Eva Marie, the voiceover work that she had, that's what it reminded me of. And Alexa Bliss was wearing red, so come on. But it ends up being Asuka and Boston Hug end up beating up Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross. Asuka makes the save, which leads into the next match where the Boston Hug connection defeat Asuka and Nikki Cross. Uh, I, I liked right off the bat, I liked Michael Cole putting over Nikki Cross's NXT history with Asuka. I thought that was dope. And uh, like I said before, these they these women are the MVPs of this COVID era. They really are. I liked during this match, Nikki Cross hits a tornado DDT to Bailey off the commentary table. Um, and Bailey at the end of the match goes to hit uh, goes to tag in Sasha Banks. Sasha focuses her attention to Asuka. And it seemed like Bailey was going to get hit with another, maybe Tornado DDT in the corner. But she counters it. She uses the ropes to win. 
Uh, and then later on, uh, Kayla Braxton interviewed Alexa, not Alexa Bliss, Bailey and Sasha Banks about the pay-per-view. And they basically, they said it's, it's destiny for them to have all the titles. And then they showed Nikki Cross kind of second-guessing herself. And Alexa Bliss tried to tell her that she's going to win. And then Nikki Cross sees uh, Sasha Banks and Bailey and goes and attacks Bailey. So it, we should maybe be getting like a more wilder Nikki Cross on Sunday, perhaps. Um, but after that, we saw Miz and Morrison, or, or earlier on, but also later on, I guess. Miz and Morrison spoke backstage about Braun Strowman. And they brought up horror movies to tie it in with the horror show at Extreme Rules. And they said how facing Braun Strowman is kind of like a horror movie. And John Morrison brought up how someone brave could step up in place of the hero. John Morrison being the hero and Miz being the, the, the more brave, the braver friend that could step up. And Miz brushed it off and said, John Morrison, you know, he's like, yeah, you'll do great. <laughs> Which I thought was, I thought was funny. But we saw a Firefly Funhouse segment and Bray Wyatt at the swamp humming he's got the whole world in his hands. And he brought up how he created the monster that is Braun Strowman. And that monster is still inside Braun Strowman. And because Braun didn't embrace it, he now has to destroy him. Which leads into that that segment with Braun and, and Miz and Morrison. Strowman starts off yelling about having to destroy Bray Wyatt before Bray Wyatt destroys him. He picks up a victory over John Morrison. And with the intensity he had in the promo, I thought for sure it was going to be like a 30-second match. But it was just, it was a little longer than that. John Morrison didn't get any offense in. Braun Strowman locked him in, in that old bear hug choke, the hangman choke what that he used to do. And then put him into a power slam. So that's, that's, uh how they're selling the pay-per-view I liked him going back to his old finisher to tie it in with with Bray Wyatt after this though we saw Lacey Evans Lacey Evans cut an absolutely unnecessary promo on Naomi um I maybe they did this just to show that she's heel again I don't I don't know but she goes on to defeat Naomi she ties Naomi's hair into the ring ropes and when Naomi untied her hair, she turned right into the woman's right. This was, I think, a complete wasted segment. But whatever. That's, I mean, whatever. That's how I can describe that. Kayla Braxton then interviews Jeff Hardy, which ends in Sheamus kicking Jeff to the floor. I thought the bar fight was going to be taking place at Extreme Rules, but it's going to be happening on SmackDown next week, I believe. And then the main event of SmackDown saw AJ Styles defending the Intercontinental Championship against Matt Riddle. Picks up the victory and retains the title. Uh, it started at 9.36, so it went a good 20 minutes. And Matt Riddle controlled most of this match. The, 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 where Matt Riddle's misstep was, AJ Styles ends up reversing the bro mission with a, a quick... Pin and wins. 
AJ Styles shakes Matt Riddle's hand afterwards. King Corbin attacks Matt Riddle from behind. And uh, AJ Styles just walks off and left uh, Matt Riddle there to get the end of days put on him. Um, but that's SmackDown. Moving on to uh, the horror show at Extreme Rules taking place this Sunday. We have a tables match for the SmackDown Tag Team Championships. New Day will be defending the titles against Cesaro and Nakamura. Dave and I are both picking the New Day to retain for the United States Championship. Apollo Crews is defending the title against MVP. Again, Dave and I are picking Apollo Crews. We have an eye for an eye match where the match can only be won when one competitor extracts the eye of their opponent. Dave is picking Seth Rollins. I am picking Rey Mysterio. For a, in the Wyatt Swamp fight, Braun Strowman will be facing Bray Wyatt. I'm picking Bray Wyatt. Dave's picking Braun Strowman. We have the WWE SmackDown Women's Championship on the line. Bailey will be taking on Nikki Cross. I'm saying Bailey. Dave is saying Bailey. For the Raw Women's Championship, Asuka's defending the title against Sasha Banks. I'm saying Asuka. Dave is saying Sasha Banks. Like, I want to see Boston Hug run WWE with every single championship, but I also don't want to see Asuka lose the title, so I'm going to stick with Asuka there. And then a stipulation to be decided, probably, not probably, most likely at the pay-per-view, which is still probably, (laughs) for the WWE Championship, Drew McIntyre will be defending the WWE Championship against Dolph Ziggler. I think it's safe to say Dave and I are both going with three McIntyre. Those are the predictions for Extreme Rules. Hey, Chris. Hey, before before we start, I, I just want to say one thing. WWE is a PG product, and the alleged rumors are that someone's going to have their eye pulled out, and it's going to be CGI and stuff like that. That's not PG. That's not cool. What were you going to say to me? Got a match of the week. Chris's match of the week. Yes, I do. Match of the week this week comes from AEW Dark. Robert Anthony versus Ricky Starks. Uh, really nice uh, match here. Uh, Robert Anthony got uh, got some got some work in. Uh, go check it out. It's on their YouTube channel. Brandon, who are you shouting out? Hey there, pal. It's me, Mickey Mouse, and you're listening to Brandon Shoutouts. The first shoutout goes to Palm Springs which is Andy Samberg's new movie on Hulu. I don't know if you've heard about it. Probably not. I haven't heard it, but I've been seeing it being promoted on my Twitter. Yeah, it's like Groundhog Day, but uh, a little different. And it's getting really good reviews. I thought it was I thought it was a good movie. I thought it was pretty decent. Uh, next shout-out goes to Evil, like we discussed earlier. He is now the IWGP Intercontinental Champion, as well as the IWGP Heavyweight Champion. And I think it's really cool to see somebody that we saw make their U.S. debut in 2013 go on to become such a huge star in Japan. Um, he's got three titles right now, but I don't know what's going to happen with that because... Shingo and Bushi are still in Los Ingobernables, and Evil's in Bullet Club, so... I don't know, maybe they'll have a tournament for it. Yeah, 
Maybe um, they'll do that. Don't they, they didn't do the tag gimmick uh, this year. Don't they do like a tag uh, tag team tournament? I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, but the last shout out goes to Naya Rivera, who unfortunately passed away last week at the age of 33. She went missing. They found her this week. Uh, it's sad. I saw her live at the Nassau Coliseum in 2011 when Glee toured. I'm sure you watched Glee, right? I did. I watched Glee. I was Glee. It's just unfortunate, but our thoughts go out to her family and friends. And those are my shout-outs. Now it's time for our... Right, our mark out moment of the week. Uh, right off the bat, I want to say now that I have access to a Hulu account, <laughs> I'm watching a few of the Hulu exclusives. And another thing that I watched was Pen 15. I started watching it. It's a TV show where the two main characters, like in real life, are in their 30s, but they're playing middle schoolers. And one of like the the rest of the cast are like actual like young kids. But one of the kids, one of the younger kids, had a uh, a few different uh, wrestling shirts that, that he wore. Like one time he wore a Mankind shirt, one time he wore an NWO shirt. So it's I popped at that. It's based in 2000, I believe. Okay, cool. Yeah, so I marked for that. You got any mark out moments? I don't. I, I thought I did, but I don't. So um, That's fine. Yeah. Take us home. Yeah. Yeah, let's take us all. Marking out 493. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, Facebook.com slash marking out. Twitter.com slash marking out. YouTube.com slash marking out 11. Watch our PSA. Give us a thumbs up. And if you give us a thumbs down, you are the worst. Uh, Instagram.com slash marking out 11. Email us at marking out one at gmail.com. And you can find our merchandise at pro wrestlingtees.com slash marking out. And until next week, we will wish you the. Me. Best of luck in your future endeavors. Have a fan.